Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back. It's Matt here. How's everyone doing? Welcome back to another episode of the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. If you've been listening to our episodes recently, and since you're listening to this one, I assume you have been, you would probably know that we are fast approaching the end of book two of our Tyrant's Grasp playthrough. This is very exciting for us. We've been having an absolute blast playing this. It's been a very different experience from our previous podcast, our previous campaign, but this has been a lot of fun. I'm I'm loving playing Rogyar. He's so very different than Devoth ever was, and it's it's been very nice. But just like we did with book one, once we get to the end of book two, we are going to be doing a retrospective episode. That means that we are going to be looking back over what we've done for the last 20 some odd episodes and talking about it and answering questions both that we have and that the listeners have. And that is where you guys come in. We need those questions. Submit them to us on any social media of your choice. We got Facebook, we got Discord, we got Twitter. You can email them to us. Send us a private message somewhere. Just just get us those questions. We will put them into our program and we will answer them during our retrospective. On that same note, that week that we're doing the introspective episode, we will not have our regularly scheduled Tuesday early access for our $10 and up patrons. Instead, those patrons will get access to the live recording of that introspective on the Monday of that release week. Once we know a little more about what day that'll be, we will have more information. We will get it out to you. But as it stands right now, yeah, book two is rapidly approaching its end, and we need those questions. Send them on in. And if you would like early access to those episodes and access not only to the live recording of that retrospective episode, but the live recording of our War for the Crown patron-exclusive podcast... Head on over to our Patreon and become a supporter. There's all sorts of fun goodies that come with our Patreon tiers, so give them a perusal, give them a look, and uh, give yourself a Christmas gift of being a loyal supporter of the Inspired Incompetence podcast. But that's enough out of me. Let's get right back to the adventures of our little group. Here is episode number 47, Red, White, Green, White. We're the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. None of our Patreon tiers include cocaine. How's everybody doing? Well, thoroughly disappointed now. Yeah. It, hold on. Is that true? <laughs> I mean... Well, don't... Oh, yeah, 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 I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's calling his attorney. Yeah, what a, what a workaround we figured out. Nick's, Nick's <laughs> renegotiating his contract as we speak. Hey, hey, redirect that mule back up here. <laughs> Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. <laughs> Just had to okay. can- cancel some things. Yeah, sorry. Um, um, uh, this was this was really the only way I could think to break it to you guys. Just rip I'm, the bandaid off. I'm I'm real bad with confrontations. <laughs> so uh, here we are in the Bastion of Light, and uh, after a long hard day of uh, of adventuring, killing killing ghosts killing ghosts of our past friends uh you guys decided to uh go sleep it off but barring your way 
you find two undead whites. Uh, you remember fighting one of them when you first entered the tomb with the Grey Reaver and the two cultists. Now you find two of them who seem to be examining the corpse of that Grey Reaver. Uh, they see you all enter from the northwest. And they they pointed at you, they called you out, and uh, we're all about to roll initiative. But first, we're going to have a little flashback. The scene begins in what looks like a cozy common room complete with a warm fireplace and several comfortable-looking oak-backed couches and chairs. A street lamp glows behind a frosted window on the far wall. Occupying the oak-backed furniture are several people, perhaps travelers. A woman with long brown hair tied back in a tight bun stretches a large wool blanket tightly around herself. A portly man with blonde hair rests his feet in a pail of warm water, and standing beside the hearth, tapping his foot impatiently, is an older man with wild white hair. We all recognize Randolph. I can't believe he's not here! It's unacceptable! The woman shakes her head as she leans back in her chair. He was never supposed to be here, Randolph. I know that. Then what's the problem? He's not here. That's the problem. An elderly woman enters the common room, a tea kettle in her hand. Can I freshen anyone's tea? The portly man stirs for the first time, brandishing an empty teacup at her. Since he's not here, we have to wait another day, now. The portly man finishes a generous gulp of tea. (sighs) Even if he were here, Randolph, all of his papers would be back at the Bastion of Light Temple anyway. So I don't know what you're so bent out of shape for. You're out of shape! I'm sorry, the elderly woman finishes refilling the young woman's cup. Who is it you're looking for? Sorry, Hilda. The young woman takes a sip of tea. North Albo. He's the Serenite priest over at the Bastion of Light Temple. Hilda shuffles over to Randolph with her tea kettle. The halfling. Yes, North Albo. Short little fellow. Is he here? Do you have him? (laughs) Certainly not. He never comes out of that temple. I nearly forget he's there sometimes, and then another wagon passes through with more food and supplies for him. I don't know how he gets on by himself in there. Randolph turns back to the fire, pensively swirling his refilled tea. So he must be in the temple. Randolph's companions share a look. We should go there right now. No need to rest. Tomorrow, tomorrow we'll finish our journey to the Bastion of Light Temple. And with that, the scene fades again, and we reappear in the Bastion of Light Temple, where everybody's rolling initiative. Uhtred. 11. Randolph. 16. Rogyar. 25. Vipira. 18. Okay, so up first is Rogyar. I think Rogier is going to start by, um, yeah, he's going to shoot an air blast at Red to start with. Uh, no gather power, no uh, no enhancement, no uh, no empower. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, just a regular old air blast with my range infusion, so I can actually reach her. All right. Uh, that's a 25 to hit. 25 will hit her flat-footed AC. And that is 32 damage. And then Rugger is going to fly up and over behind a pillar to get a little cover from these these two whites, who he distinctly remembers firing a lot of magic missiles. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. Uh, actually, actually, sorry. No, scratch that. He's going to fly... Um, he's going to fly up 
but he's actually going to leave himself a little out in the open. Like he's going to be near one near that pillar, but you know within sight of them. All right. Uh, that's just I, I flew up thirty feet in the process of going over there, since that's the most I can fly up and around. Okay. Well, Red is going to uh, return fire with some magic missiles onto Rogyar, which, if I remember correctly, are going to get harmlessly absorbed by Rogyar's new brooch. Exactly, which is why I left myself in the open. (laughs) Of course. I have Um, protection, so I am drawing fire. (laughs) There's a limit to it, though, I think. It's like 99 points of damage. 101. 101, okay. I knew it was one off of 100. Yep, I've got it... uh, I've got it right here. I'm keeping track. So. so go ahead and write down nine points of damage. So nine. Okay. And uh, then blue, uh, seeing seeing that transpire, is going to cast a spell on herself. And let's see. Red is going to run up north and put herself uh, into the, the mess of broken pews. Uh, so she can't be uh, charged onto, and uh, so Blue casts that spell on herself, and then she's going to run to the west, southwest, and uh, take cover behind to the south of the southwesternmost pillar. And then it was Vipira's turn. All right, Vipira is going to charge <laughs> Red. <laughs> guess again. Oh, never mind. Slippers. <laughs> yep. I had to guess again. <laughs> um, and because I'm invisible, I will strike her down. It'd be so terrifying because I imagine there's just like, like loose pieces of wood just like getting thrown up into the air in Vipira's wake, but Vipira's <laughs> invisible, so it's like a fucking like shark just. It would be like zooming uh, in at you, like tremors, right? With the graboids. Yeah, exactly. There's a fucking graboid coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> so twenty-three to hit. Twenty-three will hit her flat-footed AC minus two. So it's going to be uh, ten slashing and then eleven for the sneak attack. Okay. And then it's going to be a minus one to AC or minus. Two to AC and a minus one to dexterity. Okay, let's see. And now it is Randolph's turn. All right, um, me and uh, T-Bone are going to hustle over to the uh, the one hiding behind the pillar and uh, try to get into a flank position. Okay. I can't attack her from here, can I? Uh, I'll let you attack her, but she'll have uh, some sort of cover. Uh, she'll have cover versus uh, Randolph, but not from Felias, obviously. Right. Well, he can't attack this turn anyway. Okay. But he will be providing a flank bonus for you. Mega tight. So All basically, right. the cover bonus uh, negates your outflank. Oh, perfect. Gets scythed upon 27. Oh, 27 totally hits. Oh, man. That would have been such a sweet crit. Nine damage uh, from um, Randolph. Okay. And Elias is standing there menacingly behind her. Menacingly. <laughs> All right. Uh, up next is Yando. Yando's going to five foot step northeast. And he's going to unload. Ooh, no. He's going to take a move action. 
and share his favorite enemy bonus with everybody. Ah, Because these are undead. So everybody, for the next two rounds, will have a plus two bonus on attack and damage rolls versus undead. And then he's going to vital strike on uh, the white taking cover in the pews. Uh, So she will actually have cover versus Yando's attack. He's going to deadly aim. That's going to be a hit. All right. Another 15 damage. And now it is Uhtred's turn. Okay. Then I'm just going to shoot an acid splash at the red one. Okay. Randolph wants to be the the upfront melee guy. I'll let him. I'll oblige. <laughs> yeah. Eight. Eight does not hit uh, her touch AC. It's probably close, though. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I was kind of hoping I could just get you on, like, the... Uh, <laughs> the, just the reactionary, like, oh yeah, it wasn't that far off. Uh, all right, are you, you going to do anything with your move action, Uhtred? No. Just, no, I, I've embarrassed myself enough for one turn, thank you very much. Okay, we're back you, to Rogar. You leave the embarrassing to me. <laughs> Rogar's going to float five feet to the southwest to get a clear shot at the blue one. And he is going to gather power to empower an ice blast at this one. In true II fashion, can I actually take my move action? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. You're a benevolent GM. <laughs> well, go ahead and take your move action. Oh, I'll, uh, I'm going to move up so that I gain cover to the red white from the pillar that I was near. Okay. So basically, you just moved south enough so that you're standing directly below Rogiar. Yep. And uh, also, so next round, I wasn't like, oh, shit, I'm f- five feet short again. <laughs> yeah. Good thinking. Uh, <laughs> Rogiar, proceed. Yep. Okay, so Rogiar floats southwest five feet, uh, makes a fly check with a 15 to, you know, for moving less than my half my speed. And then he gathers power and launches an, a cold blast at the blue-white. That's a weird phrase, the blue-white. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's a 28 against her touch AC. Uh, yeah, that hits. And that is going to be 46 cold damage. All right. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. It's acceptable. Uh, yeah. Uh, now it's the white's turns. Let's see. Blue white is going to five foot step northeast. And she's going to cast another spell. And a uh, a disembodied hand launches out from her outstretched hand and uh, goes after Uhtred. That's a 26 versus Uhtred's touch AC. Yeah, that'll hit. Okay. The hand firmly grasps your arm, but you feel... A strange warm sensation over your heart and the white is gonna have to make a spellcraft check versus your spell resistance can I roll a spellcraft 12 uh, you're trying to identify the spell that she's casting uh, yeah uh, with a 12 you do not know uh, but you also feel no ill effects from the hand uh, coming into contact with you and uh, but you, you you are still aware that some sort of magical attack has been has, has been uh, deployed uh, and the hand vanishes 
after, and you feel its grip uh, just kind of disappear. And the blue-white is looking at you, like, extremely confused. Just, what is this? Oh, we have no idea. <laughs> Literally nobody has been able to tell us this. Uh, meanwhile, the red-white is uh, going to go for a slam attack on Vipira. Oh, I wouldn't have guessed that they had slam attacks. And that's a 12 versus Vipira's AC. Nope. So they're kind of like the 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 red-white and the blue-white. Like They're kind of like shouting back and forth to each other. They're like, they're immune to all of our attacks. What are we supposed to do? <laughs> You're supposed to surrender. You're supposed to die. Uh, again. Rogar, you don't tell them that before they surrender. And uh, from the far east, you are aware that a third white has entered the room. Oh, god fucking damn it. <laughs> and uh, she points a finger at Yando, and she's going to fire some magic missiles at him. Yando takes 11 points of damage from the magic missiles, and uh, this uh, this new white, she, uh, she shouts... The green one, he is not immune to our attacks. Focus your attacks on him. And uh, it's now Vipira's turn. Vipira is going to take a full swipe, swipe action. Sucks because I can't add my sneak. Oh, but a natural 31. A natural natural 20. 20. (laughs) Natural 20. Natural 31. And then um, I'm going to do a minus two to the AC, which is a minus. Hold on. Are, you, are we going to try to confirm that crit that you just oh, yeah, sorry. threatened? Um, right. Uh, 16 to hit. So, unfortunately, that's not going to confirm. In that case, 8 damage. Okay. 8 damage is 8 damage. And then a... Uh, so, I'm going to do a minus uh, 2 to AC, which is... You a, didn't hit it with sneak attack. Oh, right. <laughs> I did it. And then 20 to hit. 20 will hit. And then that's eight damage. Eight damage is eight damage. All right. Uh, so, yeah, the red-white is uh, looking pretty fucked up, but still standing. And it's now Randolph's turn. So uh, the white that Randolph and Thalias were fighting and fixing to fight, looks like uh, she's doing a little little dance around this uh, pillar. And uh, I'm not about it, so... We're going to get into another flanking position by making five-foot steps. <laughs> okay. And uh, I'm going to power attack, and Elias is going to double fister. 28. 28 hits. 18 damage. Nice. Just wait till you see Elias. 29 to hit for nine damage. Okay. But wait, there's more. 21 okay. to hit. 21 hits. For another nine damage. Blue's looking pretty fucked up too, but still standing. Now it's Yando's turn. Yando's gonna deadly aim and uh, take a shot at red. Natural 19's gonna hit. Oh, fuck yeah, Yando. And another 15 points of damage is gonna destroy the red-white. Yeah, Yando. And then Yando is going to make his second shot onto the green-white. He winds back and he goes, focus on this, you bitch. <laughs> He's the best. Okay, and that's going to hit. 12 points of damage on green. 
And now it's Uhtred's turn. All right, Uhtred's going to charge that blue-white. Okay. Uh, that's a 24 to hit. 24 hits. And that's going to be f- 5 damage. That is enough nice. to destroy the white. Yeah, Uhtred's going to go running up and uh, do like the double knee slide and swing and just kind of eviscerate her. As power slide. In. Yeah. Yeah, power slide from, like, Tenacious D. Yeah. He's been doing his cock push-ups in preparation. <laughs> One is all you need. Okay, now it's Rogiar's turn. Uh, Rogiar is going to five-foot float to the east. You know, five feet, how about that? Uh, make himself a fly check. With a 21 is more than enough. And he's going to gather power to empower an air blast at the green one. And with my extended range infusion, it's a range of 120 feet. Fuck that. <laughs> There's no escape. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a 31 to hit. Yeah, that'll hit. And that's going to be 42 damage. Okay. She stumbles back, uh, straightens up, bears her teeth at Rogyar, and then uh, fires some magic missiles at Vipira. I got cover, bitch. It's magic missiles, bitch. Magic missiles don't give a fuck. Oh, about cover? No. Unless you have complete concealment, magic missiles don't give a God. shit about your cover. God damn it. <laughs> yep, right. So you take nine points of damage from the magic missiles. Oh, that hurts. Ow. And she, uh, she retreats back into the room that she came out of through this door. And it is now Randolph's turn. I'm not going to chase after her or whatever. I'm just going to come over here behind a pillar and uh, check out the Elias and me and plan our next... Well, we'll hold our action if she comes back in. Okay. Uh, Yando. And Yando says, we've had the element of surprise so far. If we don't chase it down, we're going to lose that. And he's going to make a double move. Before he does that, I use my held action to chase after her, and I shout, Yes! Just as I was saying! The lies, it- Let's go! Okay, uh, so it's Uhtred's turn. Alright, um, let's see, what does 60, 60 feet give me? I think you, I think that gets you right here by my count. Sure. I'm willing to trust that. Yep, so Uhtred will go 60 feet towards the door that she ran out. Okay, uh, it's now Rogyar's turn. Yeah, all right. Yeah, Rogier is kind of seeing red here. He is going, because he's got his own little 60-foot fly speed here. So, yeah, he's going to fly right on through the doorway into that room with a double move. Okay, uh, so Rogier flies right into the room after the white, and uh, this room contains three long tables heaped with alchemical equipment, tattered tomes, and rotting body parts. The smell of decomposing flesh mixes with the pungent odors of various reagents to produce a nauseating atmosphere. Doors exit to the north and south, as well as the west, where Rogyar just uh, entered from. Uh, You can see the white, who just disappeared into this room, uh, five feet uh, to your southeast, uh, standing in front of the southern door as she is about to... Uh, open it and continue retreating. Well, I don't have any other action economies, so yeah, I guess Rogyar is done. 
other than to turn back and just be like, she's right here. She's still retreating. Shh, 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 shh. Don't tell him I'm here. <laughs> uh, it's the white's turn, and uh, she's going to she's going to take a swing at Rogyar before retreating. That's an 18 versus Rogyar's AC. I believe that's a miss. It is a miss. Damn. All right. Uh, so then she uh, she's going to open the door and five foot step uh, into the room with the rest of her action. And it's now Viper's turn. Uh, Viper's going to tarp forward 60 feet. All right. Just short of the door, Vipera finishes her move, her uh, double move. And we're back to Randolph. Uh, Randolph continues running with Elias, and uh, while doing so, is arguing with Elias about their last move. If you just ran towards here, we would have got him already. We had to hide behind that pillar. It was ridiculous. You gonna double move or just single move? Uh, double moving. And okay. Rogar is blocking the way here. Can I? Oh, he's flying. Perfect. Yes. I'm yeah. under him. These rooms are all insanely tall, so it works right. out. Do I see the the white? Yeah, oh, you no. can see her just through the door to the south. I, uh, I let out a wheeze. Hey, stop! Right there! Let me kill you! <laughs> no! Uh, Yando's turn. Yando's got to go around this pillar. Maybe I should have got out of the way. Yando's going to finish his double move just to the east of Randolph. And he's got like a straight shot through that door to the south. And he gets his bow ready. He goes, no, I left to run, you bitch. And it is now Uhtred's turn. I'm going to take a double move in. Oh, if I didn't have to double move, I could have swung. Indeed. So yeah, I'll end my turn right there. Giving her the old mean, a mean mugger. I can't do anything right now, but my face says, be ready. Oh, she, <laughs> she mean mugs right back. Uh, but it is now Rogyar's turn. Rogyar will uh, five foot float to the northeast just to, to line up behind Yendo and Uhtred. And he'll gather power to shoot her with a cold blast. Okay. Try and, try and take her down before she retreats further. That's a 19 against her touch AC. That'll hit. And that is 32 damage. 31 damage, sorry. Okay. So it's the white's turn. Uh, she's going to move away, and that's going to provoke an attack of opportunity from Uhtred. So Uhtred, go ahead and uh, do that. That's a 19 to hit. 19 hits. So that's going to be 6 damage slashing. All right. She's taking a lot of damage. But then her uh, her movement continues, and she gets to the southern end of this relatively small room, at least compared to the size of the rooms that you guys have seen in this temple so far. Uh, 15, so she moves 15 feet, gets to this door, uh, spends her standard action to open the door, and uh, what we're going to do in this campaign is rule that since she still had 15 feet of movement left from her move action that got her to the door, she can then spend that those 15 feet of movement after opening the door. So she's going to do that and disappear into the next room beyond that. And it is now Vipira's turn. Vipira is going to... You know what? She's going to make it to that door. So I think I could actually even do that into one movement. Five, I think ten, you can get right 15. here with a move speed. Okay. Can I see into the other room from here? Yeah. 
Like, it, at least a little bit, like yeah. in, into the doorway. Sure, hold on. I just don't want to be walking into like <laughs> a room with like five whites, and I'm just like, uh, I'm dead. Uh, seems like another small-ish room, a little bit bigger than the one that you uh, just went into. Which, by the way, um, you're now in this room. Let me go ahead and read the description for you. Refuse is piled in the corners of this simple chamber, which is otherwise empty. Doors exit to the north and south. And the uh, the north is where your friends are, the south is where the white went, and the room to the south looks slightly bigger than this one. And you see the white about halfway through the, the room. Uh, looks like she's heading to another door to the south of that room. So Vipira is going to attempt to move around her to get to that spot. Uh, so I, I wanna end up being directly south of uh, this white. Okay, so hold on a second. So you started in this square, right? Yep. You're either gonna have to try to acrobatics to move through her space, or that's gonna cost you 35 feet of movement because you got two diagonals. Yeah. The second diagonal uh, is your 35th right. feet. You can be in either square to your left or your right from where you wanna be, that's or. So yep. Or you can try to roll acrobatics to force your way through her space. No, actually, I don't think you can do that oh, wait. because no, it's no, still no. halved. Halved your movement speed, yeah. Wait, is uh, is this right here uh, not open? It doesn't matter because you still had to take two diagonal movements to get to where you are, which is five feet more than the movement that you have. So hold up, hold up, hold up. So it's uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25... 30. That's 35. The, the that second... last diagonal is 10 feet of no, movement. No, no, I'm talking about right here. The square right next uh It doesn't It doesn't matter. It's still two diagonals. It doesn't matter when you do it. I thought it just ki- couldn't be consecutive or after No, as long as there's two different diagonal movements, the second one is 10 feet. Oh. So you can be one square to your left or right, which still is at least partially in her way. Or just directly to her side, yeah. All right, so then in that case, I might as well just be right there. Okay, so let me reveal the rest of this room. And Vipera enters another room. And a a wide bench runs along the western wall of this room, facing a mural painted to look like a stained glass window, depicting a sunny landscape of rolling hills. Warmth and the smell of fresh wildflowers seem to emanate from the painting. Doors exit to the north, where you came from, and to the south, which is still closed. And your movement's going to provoke as you uh, as you rush ahead of the white. She's going to lash out with a slam. That's a 10 to hit. Does not hit. And it's Randolph's turn. All right. Um, I'm going to keep running after her, and uh, I'm going to say to Thalias, Try to keep up, you ridiculous pile of goo! She's getting so angry. <laughs> Aha! We've got you surrounded. I say as I flank with Vipira and Thalias. Um, making an almost awesome uh, four-person... Well, it's a three-person square now, but one more, and it would, she really would be surrounded. She's pretty surrounded. She's, like, holding holding an, uh, a hand over, over a wound, like, keeping, like, this, like, gross green pus from seeping out of her body and she's like looking around at all of you her eyes are wide (sighs) and it is now Yando's turn 
all that build up for it's now Yando's turn. Who's gonna? And now the hero comes in. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The only podcast where the NPC is the actual hero. I was gonna say, <laughs> n- none of us have a fan club, so why are you shocked? <laughs> Sienna's gonna move into K11, the room with the refuse, and uh, he's going to draw his bow back and vital strike on the white. It's a natural five, but it's still gonna hit because Yando's got favorite enemy. Although, with that vital strike, 19 points of damage, it is enough to drop the final white. Where's the money? <laughs> Yando's got the money. Oh, that's, a pretty cool, uh, that's a pretty cool visual with <laughs> we've surrounded her and then just through another <laughs> fucking room. Just <laughs> down. Just, yeah, through the open doorway, an arrow <laughs> in the back as she drops. <laughs> yeah. You're surrounded. We've got you right where we want you. Dead. Uh, okay. Like, That's what I thought. Yeah. She looks around wildly, about to attack. She's, she looks around, sees that she's surrounded, and goes, well, might as well die. She's going to die about it. <laughs> ah, all right, so what do you guys do? Well, we might as well check out these rooms while we're here. Oh, no. Like the rooms that we already revealed, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, that's what <laughs> I meant. is like, no, not more exploring. <laughs> yeah. We already revealed them. There's nothing else in here. <laughs> I would like they- to point. Yeah. I would like to point out, though, that I think this is the first time that we've ever, like, had, like we just ended a combat and the entire party is split between three different <laughs> yeah. rooms. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's the three smallest rooms we've had in forever. Kind of, yeah. (laughs) Uchard will take whatever amount of time is necessary to go through the three rooms detecting magic. And Hyper will uh, look at the bodies, loot the bodies. Okay. I could Uh, could do some body looking with you, Hyper. All right. So you find three more brooches of shielding between the three whites. Oh, pass that shit out like kid. Yeah. Somehow he's managed to every time he's used magic missiles, uh, not use it against someone that has the brooch. No, he uh, Rogiar took the first blast. Yep, and that got absorbed. Ah, okay, yeah, like I put myself in position to take that first blast, like for that reason. And then they were like, "Oh shit, don't target that one." Yep. But now magic uh, missiles—that's a useless spell. Pretty much, because now there's, I think. Even everyone has got one. Yeah. Everybody except Elias. Because Uhtred had one from before, and I have one, so we just got three more. Yep. So, so here's, yeah. so here's the question. Yeah, is Yando everyone. getting one, or is Thalias yeah. getting one? Well, Thalias and Randolph share slots, so they actually both can't have one. It's one or the other. Perfect. I don't think the brooch takes up a slot. It doesn't take up, like, a slot. It just... As long as you have a cloak, I think, is kind of how it works. Because it works like a clasp. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a used to yeah, yeah to fasten. So is the light scanner or is Yando getting it? So oh, Yando can get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of would rather have Yando get it because it's more those likely are he'd so get, freaking nice. Yeah, it's more likely he'd get targeted with a magic missiles, always being in the back and away from things. Yeah, right. He's earned it. <laughs> yeah, especially because he doesn't have that ball to help him. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't it get the be, uh, sweet belt that Uhtred got. It can be how you know who's in the fan club, whoever's wearing the... Ah, uh, uh, yeah, this is true. So Yando's in his own fan club? He's Damn the president. Right. 
president, obviously. <laughs> That's president of his own fan club. <laughs> what a fucking loser. <laughs> nah, he's just that boss. <laughs> okay, so let's see. You find three brooches of shielding. You find three more potions of inflict serious wounds. And you find three more Death Watch Eye Goggles. Oh, I... What do the goggles do? Those were pretty cool. Those were like, uh, you could see undead right away. Uh, Among other things, yeah. Yeah, so like, yeah, pass that Hand those out. out. Yeah, I'll take a pair. Yeah. I think you have one uh, pair, don't you? Yeah, so we have four of them now. (laughs) Yeah, somebody already got one. Um, I'm fine with, you know, the three of you and Yando getting those goggles. Because Rogiar tends not to get as close to, like, identify this stuff. I know Yander doesn't really either, but I feel like he finds himself in this stuff more often than Rogiar does. They would be great for my healing ways. Yeah, that's right. I mean. We got four of them, so that's everyone except Rogiar, including Yando. Perfect. What? Well, we're giving Yando two things, though. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure he killed two of those three whites. Well, as, yeah, as, the, all right. yeah, as the treasure of... The fan club. I'm going to say the coffers are full enough to give him two things. <laughs> nice. Well done, Treasure. You're earning your keep. Well, yeah. Yando, the president of the fan club, <laughs> uh, graciously accepts, <laughs> knowing that all along he could have uh, put his foot down and taken them by force. Well, you don't have to say it out loud. <laughs> all right. So Uhtred has been detecting magic, and you're going to find... Uh, a magical aura in K12, the room that you ended the combat in, which had all of the uh, like the alchemical equipment and tattered tomes and rotting body parts. Uh, and you find a magical aura clinging to a robe hanging on a hook on the northern wall. I inspect the robe. I dig through its pockets first. <laughs> Oh, also, fun fact, did you know when you wear a robe, you're not actually supposed to put the strap behind you? What? What? Yeah. How is that? Where does the strap go? So, instead of it going behind you, you would put it in from the front, loop it around, and then cinch it in the front, so it actually never goes around your back. You're blowing my mind right now. You'll have to go try yeah. it sometime. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to need you to uh, stop blowing my mind. Okay, it's a robe. So, Uhtred, you're uh, looking over this robe. You don't find anything in the pockets. You do note that it is adorned with small embroidered figures representing undead creatures. The robe itself is. Yes, but only while you're like, like it. You didn't really notice these embroiders before you like picked it up and started uh, like rifling through the pockets. But like while you're like holding it and inspecting it, they kind of show themselves to you. Okay, I'll roll spellcraft on it. Okay. Ugh. I don't know why I roll so badly on my spellcrafts. Me either. Uh, 13. You're not really sure. Alright, well, I'll uh, kind of toss it over my shoulder for the time being and keep sweeping through the rooms and once we're done kind of collecting everything, whatever I find I'll present to other people. And to that point, I'll... Uh... I'll roll a perception as we're looking through these rooms to see if there's anything mundane that's worth interest. Sure. Uh, Yano's going to join you on that perception check. Uh, Vipira and Randolph are uh, digging through the bodies. Yep, so I got a 17. All right. 
So you and Yando are looking through uh, the rooms and there's not really a whole lot to look at. The alchemical stuff in K12, the room that has that magical robe, uh, nothing's really jumping out at you as being significant or important. It just looks like, like just generic alchemical jargony equipment. You can't really fathom a use that you'd have for it. That really seems to be it uh, between these three rooms. So what you guys do is Randolph and Vipira get a shot at identifying that robe. Yeah, I would. I would. Show. Yeah, I would uh, check that. Yeah. Go ahead and give me a spellcraft check from Randolph or a oh, what natural twenty appraise from Vipira. But that's o- that's only a um. It's functionally a, a twenty-three. Yeah. A twenty-three is enough to identify it, unless Randolph wants to step in with his spellcraft check. I stepped in with an eight. All right. Uh, so Vipira identifies this robe as a robe of bones. Oh. The sinister item functions much like a robe of useful items for the serious necromancer. Only the wearer of the robe uh, can uh, see the embroidery of uh, undead creatures and recognize them for the creatures they become and detach them. One figure can be detached each round. Detaching a figure causes it to become an actual undead creature. The skeleton or zombie is not under the control of the wearer of the robe, but may be subsequently commanded, rebuked, turned, or destroyed. A newly created robe of bones always has two embroidered figures of each of the following undead. Human skeleton, wolf skeleton, heavy horse skeleton, fast goblin zombie, tough human zombie, plague ogre zombie. I mean, I might have to multi-class into a necromancer just for this robe. <laughs> Interesting, because I was just about to say we should destroy that. <laughs> oh, we should absolutely destroy this. I mean, selling it, though? I, where, honestly? Where are we going to sell it? Honestly, take the whole... I see what you're saying, Tom, but I just think Uhtred would see this and, like, what it is. Like, he would be like, nobody of good would ever use this. So, we should just destroy it. Yeah, Rogyar wholeheartedly agrees. This thing is purely an abomination and needs to go. Vipira is very much of the idea, money's money. Like, if we, when we get out of here, this is going to be worth something to somebody. And seeing how desperate we currently are, it would be logical to keep this in our ranks. I agree. All I'm saying is the person that it's worth money to is the person that I feel like we're going to be fighting anyways. Yeah. <laughs> All good points. I'd maybe, like to keep... Yeah. Maybe, the, maybe the manager of the Bastion of Light Temple wants to buy it back from you guys? <laughs> that that does not belong to the manager of the Bastion of the Light Temple. We, for, we know this it's for under, a fact. I mean, it's under new management, so yes, it does. <laughs> well, Alright. <laughs> so what do you guys do now? Was that the only magical thing in all three rooms? Yes. Uh, I would I would bring it up to the group. Let's keep this on us until we leave, and we can make an ultimate decision when we get outside. I know a couple of us are not in the right minds right now to make such a decision. There's no decision to be made. It's, it's 
a tool used to make abominations. It serves no good purpose. I don't care how much we could sell it for. And I, I sold weapons of war for a living, and this <laughs> is too far. This thing needs to be destroyed. And if I didn't tell you what it was, would we have carried it? I, I wouldn't have carried it. And I don't see what the purpose of that question is. We do know what it is, so my, it needs to be destroyed. My point is we would have carried it out if we didn't know what it was. Yes, but we do know what it is. And knowing what it is, it needs to be destroyed. Vipira, very uncomfortable with the idea of just constantly destroying things. She's... Uh, still holding it inside her hands because once again she has to appraise it it has to be in her hands I'm going to keep this on me for right now and we'll make that decision when we get outside I'm not stealing it I'm showing you exactly where it's located and we'll make that decision when we get outside so Vipira puts the robe of bones on no 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 <laughs> <laughs> she'll, she'll place it into a, a sh- uh, yeah, she um, she'll put place it, it right into put her backpack. <laughs> no, 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 she wouldn't place it on. She'd place it right into her backpack, and uh, she's ready to move on. You're a fool, girl. Rogar, we've had our ups and downs. I'd like to maintain peace with you when I can. If you wish to call me a fool, so be it. But take a look around. Where are we? And how are we doing? Yeah, we're in a, ca- a corrupted cathedral full of abominations. And you're preventing us from stopping that. I'm not. I, you're preventing Vipira, us. Vipira laughs at that. I let you kill my friends. You didn't let me do anything. You me. just sat there like a lump while the abominations that used to be your friends We're about to run amok on the town. Vipira clenches her fist, trying to maintain the last bit of peace that she has. To her, at this point, like, Rogyar has made no effort whatsoever in trying to maintain peace. Uh, So she knows where she's at. She understands that she's inside this weird place, but Rogyar making absolutely zero effort is slowly and surely wearing her down it's just getting bad um so she cracks her necks and like rustle her knuckles and she says let's move on and we'll visit this topic later rogier is just silently seething as long as you promise not to use that thing vipira i i think it should be destroyed but short of that safely in one of our bags is probably the best best thing to do with it better than just leaving it there just be careful Vipira money's made better man than you or I go do a lot worse so yes well if it possesses me kill me alright so you guys uh, you go back down the uh, the steps to the cellar yeah alright so you guys go back into the cellar and you open up the trap door and you crawl into the space beyond and you... Where did I go? We're oh, back on the it? basement stairs right now. Uh, also, stairs. as we are going, Rogier wants to use his basic aerokinesis to kind of, like, brush the dust of, like, our footsteps away to kind of obscure our tracks through the dust of this, the basement oh. and the stairway. 
Um, not much I can do about like the giant cathedral room, but I'd at least like to, uh, you know, at least conceal. If someone does follow us down to the basement, at least conceal where the door is. Okay. Uh, give me a stealth check. All right, that's a twelve. Uh, you're you're not able to like put the dust back where it was disturbed from, but you're you're at least able to uh, disperse more dust in the room to at least hide your trail. So a, a keen observer might realize that you know the dust in this room has been has been displaced, but might not be able to track like like follow footprints or anything like that. All right, so you guys uh you you get through the trap door and you close it behind you and you just kind of hang out, take a rest. Uh are we going to do watches? I would hope so. That's a big 10 for. I'll do my customary last. Vipira will do her uh first watch. <sighs> I guess I'll take middle watch, but before everyone goes to bed, Rogar will uh, top everyone off with his kinetic healing. Oh, no. Dirty, nope. dirty bitch. <laughs> I do not want that. I think I've. I think after two heals, it stops being worth it. I mean, we're going to bed and all of that non lethal will get healed, so. Right, but uh, unless you had some from the previous day. No. All of that non lethal gets healed on arrest. Oh, all of it? Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you think that stuck around forever, Tom? No, I thought it. I thought it was the normal. Uh, I thought it was the normal sleeping. Uh, no, this the non-lethal you get from my my healing is called. It's it's it works the same way as burn. So like it doesn't heal like normal non-lethal. It just the only way to heal it is with a long rest, and it all goes away after a long rest. Oh, okay. All right. So then, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> Ending every day, basically fully healed. Uh, oh, heaven forbid we should be healed <laughs> when we wake up. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, shouldn't a- Joe shouldn't be able to use any of his spells except for cure spells. And they need to all be first thing in the morning. Um, all right. Well, who needs heals? And let's just track how much burn everybody has when they go to bed. So how does Thelias heal when he goes to sleep? I can't remember. Uh, Thelias doesn't heal uh without magical assistance right so hmm. he's he's last in line but he he needs heals yeah okay well i've got unlimited uses of it so line on up oh, perfect <laughs> he hops yeah. right in line all right so who else needs it besides vipira and thalias all well, of us uh, we're all in a line yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> so rogar will start with himself he's missing 20 and heals that up with the first one. Okay. And takes another point of burn for himself. Uh, next next up, I guess we'll do Vipira. I imagine the burn that you take from this is, like, represented by, like, fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. So Vipira heals 26 from the next one. And then you need a little more? Um, Actually, with the sleep, I should be all set. All right. Then I guess next up is Randolph. Uh, Randolph's good. Oh, well, fine. Then Uhtred heals 20 from the next one. Nice. I only needed eight, but thank you. 
And it's how much non-lethal? Uh, seven. And then Thalias also heals 20. Which looks like sweet. Which looks like he needed 18, so he's full. Yep. Yeah, that's not broken. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Alright. Uh, bedtime, everybody. Vipira, give me a perception check. Alright, uh, 17. Um, what are we doing for light sources when while you guys are in this tunnel? I think Vipira has dark vision. Yep. As does Rogiar. Okay. And I have dancing lights, but I guess when I'm sleeping... Well, I wouldn't be sleeping. I would just be kind of chilling and resting, I guess. Okay. Vipira, your watch goes by uneventfully. All right. Um, Vipira goes to... It was Rogiar who was up next, right? Yes. Yep. Vipira nudges Rogiar. Nothing to report. Um, you're up. Oh, all right. That's good. Vipira. Quiet is good. Quiet is quite good. Um, Vipira takes her uh, backpack and uh, puts her head onto it to sleep with a fold on the uh, inside. Does she make inside? a... Huh? Oh, sorry. Uh, the fold, like, resting... Um, on the bottom? On the bottom and in towards the rest of her body. Got it. Does she do it really, like, big and dramatic to make sure... No, not, not big and dramatic, but, you know, if Rovigar were to look at her, she wouldn't really, like... She'd be, be staring hiding. right it at be hi- him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be hiding. Okay. All right, Rogar, it's your turn for watch. Give me a perception check. 19. Doing anything on your watch? Uh, Really fighting off the urge to take that cloak and oh, fly off it. and destroy it. But Do it. <laughs> but no. No, Rogar is trying to keep the peace as much as Vipira doesn't see it. Okay. Uh, your watch seems to go by uneventfully. All right. Then, uh, yeah, I guess I'll pop over to to Uhtred and you know I don't know if he was sleeping or just hanging out but I'll get his attention and yeah it's your turn lad alright kind of gets up and switches places with Rogar Uhtred gave me a perception check I'm so bad at these well this is gonna sound not bad I got a 19 but trust me I'm actually bad at these (laughs) (laughs) it was a pretty shitty 19 I wasn't going to say anything. All right. Uh, you doing anything on your watch? Yep. going to try to steal Vipira's uh, <laughs> robe of bones? Does she look like she's out pretty cold? Uh, probably. No, I'm going to take out my Harrow card. Ooh. Okay. And if you need a refresher. Yeah, please. The last thing, the last few interactions was... Helped the spirit of Roseler Coffer. Found out Roseler had a great secret. Keisha Keys consulting my library will look closer regarding Roseler. Me, Thalias is dead. Capitalized. And then, presumably, you're about to give me Keisha Keys's response from that. Yeah. Um, so you take out your Harrow card. You take a look at it. And it says, I am so sorry. He was a good man, unlike Roslar. Still meditating on it, road to hell, good intentions, 
dot dot dot. Okay, I want to respond back now. Okay. And I want to say, Barzak sent Randolph. What an asset he is. <laughs> as well as Thelias in the Bastion of the Light. And then what was the vampire's name? Valthazar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Valthazar Quietus. Okay. So I'm going to say, in the Bastion of the Light, period, Valthazar, period. And that'll be the end of it. Actually, before I do the Barzak, can I add on, he truly was in response to us. Yes. Uh, he was a good person. Okay. Any thoughts on uh, the rest of Keisha Keisha's message? Well, yeah, I fucking, I know Roslar's a fucking douchebag. Like, yeah. I mean, he kind of just confirmed, I think, what Uhtred was already very strongly suspecting was the case. But in terms, he didn't really kind of give Uhtred anywhere to look or, like, focus on. Right. So. Okay. So, the rest of your watch goes by uneventfully, and everybody wakes up. Fully healed. Fully healed. Nice. And... This is, it's become my, the favorite part of my, my favorite part of uh, our, like, adventuring day is trying to identify all of these magic items you guys have been carrying around. <laughs> Let's see, we've got uh, a belt, two talismans, a book, two feather tokens, and a pearl. All right, how many spellcrafts do I need to make? Well, let's start with the belt. Yeah, going one by one is probably better than give everyone giving like seven spellcraft checks. Yep, 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 yep. 30. With a 30 spellcraft, you identify this belt as a belt of physical might. Uh, the wearer will gain a plus two enhancement bonus on his strength and constitution scores. Ooh, Randolph. Yeah. Maybe Thelias, but yeah. That's Mr. Upfront Physical Guy, and that's got Randolph written all over it. Sweet. All right. So Randolph puts on the belt, gains plus two bonus on strength and con. Uh, so let's go on to uh, the Did first. I have, real quick, did I have a belt on before? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I'm the only one. Because if that's the case, that is like extra. I thought I was giving something up, but I'm not giving anything up. I'm just getting. Yeah. No, you don't have strength. a belt. You're just getting two strength and two, two Dang. con. Dang. That's insane. Yep. Uh, so let's move on to the first talisman. Yeah, that 25. That's another success. Uh, Uhtred identifies this as a talisman of healing power. A what now? What did our healer Rogar just get? (laughs) (laughs) This talisman is inscribed with the names and symbols of spirits and other figures associated with healing. The first time that the wearer is reduced to fewer than one half his maximum hit points... He automatically heals 4d8 plus 7 hit points as uh, cure critical wounds. You know that there are minor and major versions of all talismans. Uh, Minor talismans are good for one use and then they crumble into dust. Major versions are good for once per day. You know that this is a major talisman of healing. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) What? Okay, so once we per just, day. God damn. Do we just all want to roll insane. right now on that? I feel like in game Rogar would really want that, but I feel like Rogar would kind of be a dick for taking it. So I'm gonna take him out of the contention for it. Viper would throw her 
uh, yeah, I, hat I, into I, the ring on that. Honestly, I think with an item like this, uh, we should all just roll on it because there's an equal, like an equal argument to be made. Randolph, right. Uhtred, Viper, they are all frontline melee types. Like, I'm cool with a a three way roll on it. All yeah, right, baby. Everybody roll d20. No. Oh, hey, no, that's me. Yeah, you got it. Randolph wins the argument, convincing everybody that he deserves to be healed. Holy crap, I'm invincible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm two people, and one of them can't die. And he's the healer. <laughs> All right, can't wait to test that theory. Uh, that's a good point, actually. You are the healer, so that's kind of cool that you have like a little emergency shield. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so let's do the second talisman. 19. 19's not enough. Uh, Randolph. How about, uh, Rand- how about Randolph? Yeah. That's a one. Yeah. Alright, uh, so you all fail to identify the second talisman. Uh, now let's move on to the magical book. Oh, yeah. 24. 24 is not going to do it. Randolph? Uh, yeah, one sec. I was just thinking, should we. Uh... Should Randolph try and remove curse on Thalia or yes, on, on yes, Uhtred yes. here so he could have an extra plus four on these spellcraft checks? Oh yeah, that oh, would probably yeah. be really smart. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking a twenty-eight probably would have done it. <laughs> right. So that's uh, a caster level check. So it's a D twenty plus seven yep. versus the DC of the. Kubu's curse. Yes! Oh! Friggin' five. That thing tipped at the last second to an 18. <laughs> 20 friggin' five is gonna do it. Uhtred is no yes. longer cursed. Thank fucking God. This thing's how been about, so uh, annoying. <laughs> how about Rogiar? Do we want to try to lift his curse? Hell yeah. I'm like a new man. Again. Is this what being uh, a born again Christian's like? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Randolph, are you, you ready another? for it? Yeah, yeah, do it up. Here it comes. Oh. <laughs> uh. Wait a second. Can I re-roll this? No, I can't. It's only ones. Yeah. Shoot. So let's retroactively give Uhtred a plus four on these two failed checks. Uh, so that's going to bring us twenty-four to a twenty-eight. Unfortunately, that's still not high enough for real? for that book. Wow. To identify the book. Yeah. The 19 to a 23, however, is going to be enough to identify the second talisman. Oh, okay. Uh, so, Uhtred, you identify this uh, talisman as a talisman of danger sense. Uh, it is inscribed with depictions of predatory animals. The first time the wearer rolls initiative, they immediately af- are affected by the spell Anticipate Peril, which grants you a bonus on initiative equal to the spells caster level and the talisman has a caster level of fifth uh which is where the bonus maxes out to so basically the first time you roll initiative you gain a plus five bonus on the initiative roll and you all uh know that this is also a greater talisman so it is good for once per day that's awesome um honestly i say i mean not Anyone who wants to can roll for it, but I'm going to say probably either, probably Vipera for this one. Yeah. I Maybe Randolph, but yeah. Rogiar and, 
and Uhtred are already pretty twitchy. There's no reason why my initiative needs to be at a plus 14. <laughs> I don't even want that, like, weight of knowing the first time I roll initiative every time I'm going first. Like, Yeah, if uh, there's agreeance, I'd uh, gladly take that. Unless uh, Joe wants to fight you for it, I think that's the play. The trifecta? Three <laughs> items? And we're not done identifying. You still have two feather tokens. I think we've established that these feather tokens are like tokens, so like they're the same. They're duplicate tokens. So yeah. Joe, just we... make a spellcraft check for each of them. Are we? Uh, we still have to identify or... the pearl. As oh well. no, it's yours, Tom. I was just joking. Yep. Oh, okay. The pearls, pearls uh, next after the feather tokens. Ooh, at a plus fifteen, baby. Twenty. 18. Uh, so none of you are able to identify the feather tokens, uh, leaving us with the magical pearl. All right, it's the one I've been saving up for. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, 21. 21. 28, which is uh, 18. You fail to identify the pearl. Yeah, I'm still saving up for it. <laughs> All right. Uh, still not a bad morning. Utrid's uh, no longer cursed, and you guys yeah. identified a fair bit of your uh of your stash so what are you guys gonna do let's go back upstairs yeah is it are we gonna go hunting vampires today yeah hopefully okay you guys go upstairs i'll put on my uh mage armor my um obliviate shield ablative barrier yeah my ablative um and Rogar is gonna store a point of burn in his internal buffer because i think i used that at some point. Okay. And you guys step back out into the cathedral and behold an empty cathedral. Oh, mission accomplished? Um, <laughs> it, it, it might occur to you, though, that it is empty. The body of the Grey Reaver, is, as well as once you look for them, the other bodies of the fallen uh, enemies are no longer in this room. I ask uh, Thalias if he moved the bodies like I told him to. He shakes his head sheepishly. Mm. <laughs> He's like, you didn't tell me to move shit. Also, while you're unconscious... remember thinking it. Also, while you're unconscious, he just goes in your in your head. So he can't, yeah. he can't do shit while you're sleeping. Yeah, I know. Oh, uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to cast uh, Mage Armor on him for the day... Well... Not for the whole day, but for the next seven hours. Feels sure, like a pretty sure. good use of my uh, whatever spell. First level spell, yeah. Yeah, my little rinky-dinky. Um, okay. But Pierre has no issue with uh, moving out um, and seeing, should we go the way that we were before or try a different door? Well, that depends on what we're trying to do today. Are we trying to just find that vampire as soon as possible or are we trying to just clear this place out now i say cut the head off the snake right i'm in agreement Elias, didn't i tell you to clear out the snakes all right well he then, he shakes his head defiantly well then we should uh i guess back the way we we went okay so you guys go up through k7 that's the way we went so yeah uh, once we do get into the this the big room with the fountain where we fought the Polong, 
Uh, Ro- Rogar wants to ask Uhtred, um, Hey, lad, do you happen to know what's through that door past the fountain? I, I don't have the slightest clue. You all hear a, a disembodied voice at, at that point. <laughs> Would you like to see? And you hear a, a squeak as uh, a, uh, like a like a big wooden bar is removed from the double doors. The doors swing open with violent force and a horrible looking bear emerges. Huge patches of fur are missing and it's got these big, looks like super painful, like bones protruding from its shoulders and back. And it looks at all of you and it roars. And we'll see you next week. On the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Man, this this is messy. See ya! See See ya! ya!